Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's time for some self-care. This is a bonus episode from M's Books and Cats podcast. I'm M, and I am learning and growing. Okay, so I've mentioned this book in every episode so far, and I'm sure I'm going to continue to talk about it. I'm talking about I'm Fine and Other Lies by Whitney Cummings. So at the beginning of quarantine, I kind of was beginning my, what would turn into a very deep interest in, um, stand-up comedians, but I didn't know much about Whitney Cummings, and everything I'd seen her in, she seemed kind of intense. But I was looking for a laugh and maybe some honest discussion about mental health. Comedians are very deep thinkers, and they have a unique perception. And they're also, like, willing to put themselves out there, which I have a lot of respect for. I saw good reviews for the book and decided to just go for it, and here we are. I was early on in therapy, and just kind of beginning to scratch the surface of everything. And the very first thing that struck me in her book was her definition of codependency. Uh, It's been thrown around a lot and used to describe, you know, couples who are glued at the hip and that kind of thing, but that's not really what it is. So when I was researching this episode, I found a different podcast called Pretty Big Deal with Ashley Graham, and the episode was from 2019. She interviewed Whitney Cummings. And Whitney broke down codependency so well. I put a link to that episode in the show notes. It really touched on a lot of the stories and the information that's also in the book. Obviously not in as much detail, but if you just want like the Cliff Notes version plus a little extra, this video is it. It's so good. Most of my notes from the video are just quotes of hers that kind of struck a chord with me. One of them being that it's a disgrace that we're not taught about how our brains work and how it's really like neurochemicals and not women being crazy, you know, like as we're labeled for, you know, experiencing any emotion, really. It's not actually being crazy. It's just a chemical in your brain. Whitney Cummings has also made a movie um, with Neil Brennan, who produced The Chappelle Show. Very funny guy. Uh, It's called The Female Brain, and it is all about chemical reactions in our brains. Um, I haven't watched it yet, but I'm definitely going to check it out, and I'm sure I'll be talking about it on here at some point. Um, she also discussed epigenetic imprinting, which is when the fetus is exposed to the mom's chemicals, um, such as like cortisol and adrenaline, and then they are born addicted to these chemicals and will actually search out that rush in their actions and choices later in life. This actually made a lot of sense to me and my own specific issues. But when I think back, I also am pretty sure that my own pregnancies were some of the least stressful periods in my life. I really went full sloth during my pregnancies. Another quote of hers that I really enjoy is, drama is like a drug. And I wish that I did not understand this one so well, 
Up until a few years ago, I really enjoyed drama. I wasn't really conscious of it. I think I, I was a little bit. Um, I know that I tend to be dramatic about things. But I didn't really realize how much I was... I just had fallen into a pattern of kind of some gossip, which I'm not very proud of, and then just, you know, liking to hear different people's drama and like, you know, talking about my own all the time and just being so worked up all the time. I really enjoyed it. And I kind of blew everything up and made it more dramatic than necessary just because I got that rush. Um, so drama is like a drug makes total sense to me. Um, it's really not ideal, but it's kind of my leftover codependency. I want to help people and fix problems, whether they ask me to or not. <laughs> And uh, if those people don't find me, which they always do, I would search it out. I really did think at the time that I was helping, like I always wanted to be helping anyone except myself, of course, uh, until now. So she also discussed her need to work on lowering her cortisol and avoiding drama, which um, some of the ways she does that is she outsources her social media to someone else. And she also switched her phone to grayscale because I guess most of the, you know, dopamine response is from the bright stimulating colors, which I didn't even know you could switch your phone to grayscale. So that's kind of interesting. I think that would kind of bum me out, though. I don't know. But I understand the need to lower cortisol. It's definitely something that I have had to focus on as well. And it's hard, <laughs> especially when you come from a dramatic family and have grown up liking drama. And I really don't like drama, and I don't like that feeling. Like, it's just anxiety ramped up. And I, the more I learn about what it actually is and what I'm actually feeling, like, I don't. It's not enjoyable. I am learning to enjoy just kind of being calm and in control. And even. Even feels really good <laughs> after, you know, just... A constant roller coaster of a life, pretty much. Anyway, so I've mentioned her definition of codependency, but I haven't told you what it is yet. And I really like her definition. It made so much sense to me. It is the inability to tolerate the discomfort of others. So if you are codependent, you are a people pleaser and you like to be a rescuer. You are focused on other people's perception of you. Other people's feelings are more important than your own. You are addicted to control. You take on other people's consequences, even though they're not your own. You stay in friendships and relationships, even when they don't make you feel great. And you always frame things as an obligation. I have to write a thank you note. I have to go to this party. I have to whatever. The first time that I listened to this book... And I heard her definition of codependency. I, it, it kind of made me freeze because it was so dead on. And I had never, well, I didn't know what codependency was. And then as she's going through the list, I'm ticking them all off and going, oh no, what is this? And that was the beginning of me learning and wanting to learn as much as I can about, um, you know, mental health and where I am at and how to heal and uh, 
not continue certain cycles. And it's been hard, but this was the moment that started it all. And it has been completely worth it. (laughs) And I can't wait to see where things go from here because the improvement in such a short time has been incredible. Um, so Whitney Cummings answers to these things that codependents do is her first answer is that we take care of everybody when we take care of ourselves. So you have to make self-care number one, self-care Saturday. Remember, do something nice for yourself today. (laughs) Put yourself first. I have to say, I've really, I mean, this has been a huge one for me. I have never, ever put myself first. And it still feels really, really selfish. But I'm trying to focus more on the fact that when I come back from whatever, you know, thing I've done for myself that I feel so selfish about, um, you know, people are happy to see me. They've missed me and I feel better and I'm less stressed out. So I am a more fun person to be around when I am here. So it makes perfect sense. We take care of everybody when we take care of ourselves. Um, She also says, you know, don't do things out of guilt or discomfort. That's another tough one. (laughs) Uh, Don't confuse love with pity. That one. And this next one, kindness is not always kind and niceness is not always nice. Um, Those were two that really, really struck me. (laughs) Another good quote is, people-pleasing is a form of assholery. I love that. Um, she, you know, as she says, it's selfish. You're not really helping people get what they need. Codependents are addicted to people who are a mess. And, uh, you know, maybe it's not the best thing for you to be able to keep talking and talking and talking and talking about this problem and not actually, you know, having to face it and solve it and learn from it. And I have definitely enabled that behavior in a lot of people. And you know, you really do think you're being helpful. And to some extent, you do need to listen to your friends, you know, and listen to people. But there has to be a line where they have to take responsibility and fix their own life because you can't fix anybody else. You can only fix yourself, (laughs) which was another hard one to learn. But she did make the point that healing helps us find out what we actually want and how to ask for it, which I have found very difficult. But the couple times I've done it, it has been amazing. Because when you ask for things, people know what you want. And you just you get it because people are nice. (laughs) And also, um, not only do you learn what you want and how to ask for it, but you also learn how to walk away if you're not getting what you need. Um, I think this one's the hardest one. Because sometimes the people that you don't expect are the ones that you have to walk away from. And that's hard. Anyway, that's enough babble about codependency. (laughs) So the rest of the chapters in her book are great, too. That is, that's the codependency chapter. And I kind of mixed it in with that video, too. But essentially, that's the codependency chapter. She also has a self-help chapter, which is great. Um, A roast joke chapter. She used to, um, she used to write for, uh, I think it was the Comedy Central's roast. And... I really enjoyed this chapter. I honestly, like, just looking at the titles, I would be uncertain if I would actually like this one. I didn't, uh, at the time, I didn't know much about comedians or, like, the immense work that goes into that show and comedy in general. But it was a really fun chapter, and it also had some really good messages woven in. 
And there was a quote in there that really stuck with me. And it was, I was wielding weapons for a battle that had been over for 15 years. And uh, I've been thinking a lot about the things I do that are really just leftover defense mechanisms that I don't need anymore. Um, I'm not 15. I act... <laughs> I have an almost 15 year old at this point. Um, I've grown so much as a person over that time. And especially in the last few years, this last year especially has been insane for growth and change. And it looks like we're just following that trajectory right now. But the thing is, even with all of the change, I, I feel good and I don't need those defenses anymore. I'm stronger now. I can handle myself and I've got support and love. So some other fun chapter titles include the sexism chapter, the egg freezing chapter, the eating disorder chapter, the boobs chapter, the pitbull chapter, and the Middle East chapter. So I'm not going to fully discuss this one because I will probably come back to it. It is just so full of great quotes and uh, messages. It really made me think. It made me laugh. And the audiobook is great because she reads it herself and it is... It's really funny. Um, yeah, it's hilarious and insightful and well-researched. I was amazed at how pertinent this book has been for my life. Um, I bought it kind of on a whim, and it kind of changed everything. And it's weird how one little decision can do that sometimes. One book has sent me down a totally different path. <laughs> um, so I moved on from her book to her podcast, which is called Good For You, and she has done some really great interviews. She talks a lot about uh, psychology and also her, um, I don't know if they're assistants, they're on the beginning of the show with her. Benton and Emily are so hilarious. So check out all things Whitney Cummings if you haven't. She is so amazing. And thank you for joining me for another self-care Saturday. Believe in your strength, work your weaknesses, love the process, and most importantly, Love yourself along the way. Peace.